My name is Susie Can, and I hope you enjoy exploring with me the thoughts that come with this thread. If you have any interest in supporting what I'm doing or getting in touch, please do so through the website kylak.ie, where you will also find other resources and connections that I create around each podcast so that if some of the tweaks of interest come to you through them, you have a place to go to go a little further and deeper or to find other information or to find a way to support by maybe wanting to collaborate or offer something or even a donation. Thanks for listening. Here, continuing the conversations about permaculture and permaculture people, and I'm here with Joanne. Joanne, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Joanne Butler, and I'm based in Gordahork in Donegal, and I have a social enterprise called Organic Gardens there, and I live with my husband and my three children. Do you want to go back a bit and see if you can give me some, some ideas of your journey towards that life that you're living now in Gordahork and where? you think the seeds of its beginnings were? Going back, I'm living in Gordahork now 16 years. I'm originally from Derry. So I moved to Gordahork, fell in love with my husband and decided that this was the place that we wanted to live. Very shortly after that, we started having our children. And it was at that point we were renting a house. The farmer uh, who owned the house, he came and asked me one day, would I like to pick some cabbages? in the garden and I went up and kind of had a light bulb moment of wow this is food growing here and look at all this this amount of food I can just help myself. And before that would you have had anybody in your family or any background in people who were growing food or what was your connection to food growing or or the idea of eating something from a a farmer who just had some cabbages? Yeah no. No, uh, gardening, yes, I would have helped my father in the garden. And they've gone back recently and looked for photographs and I always had my hands in the dirt. And I always it was, you know, knee deep, uh, getting, getting, working in the garden. Always had uh, a fork in my hand in the photographs anyway. So I had that background of, of being outdoors and gardening, but not through growing food. Definitely not. My husband came home from work, going back to the cabbage story. And, uh, the backyard was covered in these cabbages. And he says, what are we going to do with all these? And I says, well, we're going to cook them and we're going to eat them. <laughs> so that was the journey then has started because from that first taste of homegrown, but I had gone and picked and, and, and cooked. That was a, a wake up moment for me. And what did it connect to you? What was waking up for you at that moment? Just the simplicity of it. The mm. fact that I can do this, this is something that I can do. So it was in some way empowering to yeah. think you could do that. Yeah. And that word empowerment comes up again and again and again through my journey because I had moved um, from a city to the country, didn't know anybody, felt very isolated, wanted to meet people. But my background would have been a lot of community work in Derry. So then you move to somewhere brand new, you don't know anybody. So that. Uh, feeling of disempowerment at that stage. I remember that feeling very much so. So growing food then was just basically a, a sense of empowerment for myself. Uh, so it was amazing. 
to start then? Not just getting it from your local farmer and cooking it and, and eating it. You started to say, I want to do this for myself. Yeah, yeah. So that that winter then, I spent reading books and started to go to the library, picking up some books. I remember it was the Jeff Hamilton, the Organic Garden book was the first one. And uh, the following year, I asked the same farmer, could we have a drill of land off one of the cabbage drills? And he said, yeah, no problem. So I went along, bought as many different seeds as I could in the, just in the shop and started to try to grow vegetables. All this time then, um, I was reading the books and just getting stuck into it. Then I became pregnant with my first daughter. And that was the thing about, right, OK, not only do I just have to feed me and my husband, I have somebody else to take care of. So that journey then of feeding the family and how on the road to sustainability. Where did that bit come in? So first you're talking about the health pieces that came in with pregnancy and thinking yeah. of feeding a, a child. Yeah. Um, but where did that, you know, from, from growing food for yourselves as a family, from feeling empowered and being able to do something for yourself in that way, where did the beginning of that move to it being something about sustainability rather than a hobby, just I'm growing some veg in my family? Yeah. Well, we went from renting a home to buying and the home that we bought was in my husband's family, but it had four acres of land. And I didn't even walk the land when we bought, we just fell in love with the house. It was an old cottage and the four acres of land were with it, but they weren't in my my view at that stage. But I just, from reading those early books, the John Seymour and Jeff Hamilton, I knew that the road to becoming self-sufficient was a journey it was a and it was it involved lots of elements that I had to learn not just about growing food but where were we going to store the food well how are we going to cook it and what we're going to do with the food then and how we're going to keep it and then also involving and this is the permaculture starting to come into it and um, before I even knew what it was so I was thinking about these structures and starting to plan out a eventual garden that could feed us as a family and was it just about you as a family because I know later on in your life, in that journey that you started to reach out from that background in community development, that you had, I, you began to do something more with community. Yeah, it was interesting how it happened because it was just about the, the early design. When we first bought the house, it was we, I set up a, a vegetable garden right outside the door. But then there was no soil really that we were accessing, so it was bad location for the soil then we moved it down to another part of the garden and it was a bad location for the the wind and then I asked my husband to move it again he went because we were using raised bed sleepers I think it was and he says hold on hold on go back to the draw it out here for me let's start actually thinking about this observation and really take our time about that you know we used that principle and we looked where when it was raining we went out and saw where the rain was coming we looked at the trees seeing how the wind was coming and everything like that and we took our time planning the garden in 2013 I had the final garden design done drawn out and we both started to develop our vegetable garden someone came and took a photograph of it well, I put it on Facebook social media I think it was going there <laughs> and then my local community group thought I knew what I was doing and asked me to come and teach a community garden class so that was my entrance into community work and was that part of the the thing you'd said at the beginning that you felt isolated and new in the area. Was that a bridge into the local community then for you at that time? Totally, yeah. I remember the first class um, thinking, you know, I have young children. So at that stage I had 
I had not just one child, I had three children, so I had a very busy few years. Uh, and I remember doing the community garden class thinking, wow, this, you know, I could, we, we, could, we didn't socialise in the pub or, you know, we didn't really meet a lot of people. Here are a group of people coming together, talking about growing food, and everybody is happy. And I just was like, this is amazing. This is where I want to take it. And that community background slipped on nicely there. So I was bringing my background of community work and my passion and both coming together. And that's where light bulb moments happen. And once I, I knew that this was something I could do and I could do it um, very happily every day, I decided to contact a few more community groups. We had actually that year of the first community garden we held a harvest festival and an awful lot of people came to that and everybody was talking more people were talking about food so i developed a course um how you get your garden growing and i sent it off to my local community groups and every community group said yep 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 we'll book in so the following year was very busy for me um at that stage now i was starting to feel about whoa this is a lot because of young kids out with the community um how do i start to network these groups together how do I start to make it easier so we started thinking about uh, or I joined Community Gardens Ireland which was the national network and that linked me in with an awful lot of support and guidance and seeing how other gardens were doing it and I travelled around quite a bit to, to, to visit different gardens it just snowballed it snowballed from there then in 2000 and 2013 to 2018 going flat out mm. the community gardens growing all the time I think at one point, I had 10 different community gardens on the go and my own garden. It was amazing. And through that time, just going back to the word sustainability that you mentioned earlier, were you thinking of community gardening as something people did for that happiness feeling, for that community connection? Where was that sustainability thought coming in about you know, the bigger picture elements of sustainability or where that was that there at all. I think you mentioned to me once about a programme in Changemakers. Yeah. Um, that there was something there about the global connection too. Was that coming into it at yeah, any point? That's right. Yeah. I thought at the point, you know, people would refer, oh, wow, you're living the good life. And I really was living in a bubble. Uh, and I thought this is a bit sheltered feeling because I'm out talking to the converted. I don't really know what's going on in the world. Uh, I didn't buy newspapers. We didn't watch the news. We just gardened and talked about gardening and growing food. But I joined uh, in Donegal. We have Donegal Changemakers, a group that works with global development. So I, I joined a course there for global development. And that really, I remember finding out about the whole system change, the world, the way it's going. And I remember that bubble burst. <laughs> And I was like, what? We're in real trouble. Oh, my goodness. And I actually left the course early. It was a weekend immersive course. And I, I, I remember, I think I faked. I have to go. Something's wrong at home. And I drove away and I was crying my eyes out. And I pulled in. I was like, what? How am I? How, what am I even doing? You know, this is just crazy. And it was at that point that I thought, you know, the ripple effect. What I am doing actually is going to make a change because I can't do any of the big changes but I can keep doing what I'm doing at home and then I tell people about that and then let that ripple effect happen and you know it's always about replicating positive behavior when that that has the effect. So you hit this kind of you know shock and grief 
mm. moment yeah. for what you saw, you know, coming out of the world of your, your small family and your young children and your small local communities. But that catalyzed you more. Yeah, it was that... a big driver. Came, it nearly became like, well, that's the reason that I'm here. And it was horrible to, to, to realize yes. that because, you know, you had the weight on your shoulders. But then knowing that what you're doing in your local, your local community, your backyard is hopefully going to help other people. Mm-hmm. to discover that for mm-hmm. themselves as well and where we are, are at now in the world maybe coming to now you had the community garden and then in the last couple of years reinventing yourself mm-hmm. and you're immersed in all of this and mm-hmm. so what what has that all been like and where have you got to in, in yeah. the world now like the two things what happened was that one I was out teaching people how to be self-sufficient and everybody was going wow Joanne you're, you know this is great what you do but I wasn't being very self-sufficient myself the garden my own project starting to struggle um, I had young kids and also I was driving an awful lot to all these community gardens so in terms of reinventing I don't even think that I had you know I'm it's it's inventing <laughs> and I'm still on that where am I going when I started the whole project it was to feed my family the the community angle happened just it was amazing and it's still there and you know you're growing all of that all the time but people were saying to me then, wow, you must have an amazing garden at home. And I was like, no, because I'm here in this garden and then I'm going to this garden. And this, So I was kind of burning out a bit. So I, you know, we've, we've, we have a beautiful home. We have lovely land. I started to walk around the land a lot and, you know, really feel a kind of, you know, what if people came here instead and saw how I do best practice. And then they can go and take that information back home to their projects. And that might have been where we met. First, yes, yeah. when that yeah. that thought was entering your head about exactly. what would it look like, you yeah. came up and visited us here in Cardoora. Yeah, the word permaculture started coming about, coming about. Someone came to my garden and they went, "Whoa, wow, you're doing permaculture!" And I was like, "What's that?" You know. So the road to that led through other people observing what I was doing, and then when I decided that this is what I want to do, I started to look for someone that I could rep, rep, go and find out how they did it make that journey easier for me and see where the what what we were getting ourselves into and that's how I met you which yeah. was I think 2016 okay so then it's not that long ago no you've been very busy <laughs> since then <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then I did my PDC uh, and then last year I did the teacher training immersive in Cardona, in Cardona. Yeah. and it was for me that was the, you know that's pinpointing really kind of this is where I want to go in my teaching and how I want to develop that. Who knows what we're still discovering now, what, what we're going to do at Organic Gardens. Um, we do want to obviously still feed our family, but we want to feed the community maybe. we want. To... And you've started a, a CSA to be able to feed yeah. uh, 12 households, is it? 12, well, you know, it's this is the first year I've learned. I've learned more from what I've not learned or from the mistakes I've made straight in. I was like, oh my goodness, but... Again, there's 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 stories that I'm hearing about positive and and successful CSAs uh, around the country. And just for our, anyone listening to the podcast that doesn't know what a CSA is, it's a community supported agriculture mm-hmm. farmer or the horticulturist or the organic grower for your for a small community who are are there yeah. subscribing and supporting you. Is yeah. that how you're operating it? Yeah. Kind of, we'll, we'll say As that's say, how we want beginning. to operate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea is that you, they support you from the get go. So you're growing for them. So every single week, you're going and you're collecting the vegetables around the share of the garden, what's available for them. 
they've already signed up and subscribed to that. So that would be the, the way that it, that it's going to develop. Um, this year, we just made a few mistakes, didn't get the subscribing done in time. But, you know, I'll, I'll learn next year, have an open day, get people. You want people there that understand what you're trying to do and why mm-hmm. you're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. You're not standing at a stall hoping that people come and buy your mm. your, your lettuce and, you know, and, and your vegetables at that stage. The idea of it then is that you're growing community as well as the vegetables and people are coming together. So we are, we've set up the wee WhatsApp group and, you know, trying to get people to share the recipes and, and things like that. So it's, it's got potential. The, the opportunity within the garden project will be for education, community and tourism. Mm. So we're looking at those three angles mm. that people can come to the gardens to learn, come to the gardens to be part of their community. Or just to come and walk around. And part of that about who's coming, you you're you're trying to be as inclusive as possible, mm-hmm. giving people access to this kind of education or these kinds of experiences. Yeah. So into social farming as well. Social farming is one thing that I really want to look into a lot more, uh, and we are delving there because of that. I talked about at the start that isolation. That you know the mental health is so important, and in any community, in any walk of life. Your mental health, your physical health. Uh, I mean, you're in very rural Ireland. You're yeah. in the Geltacht. You're in, mm-hmm. you know, the community around you. Um, the potential for isolation, I imagine, mm. is, is significant. Exactly. Yeah. So to be a place that people can come to, um, that people know it's there and they can access that. I always remember really actually one of my community gardeners coming up. You know, he said to me, if it wasn't for this community garden group, I would have committed suicide. Wow. When you hear those words, you know, you've <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is what it means to people to be get out into the garden, to meet people, to, to just relax for that day. They stop thinking and gardening anyway, we know has got those benefits and the word biophilia, putting your hands into the soil, getting the, the goodness from, from just doing that. So it's to allow that space. There's a, you know, a bus will pass us on the road and it collects people and takes them to a day centre. And that's when I started thinking, wow, one day they're going to come on here. I'm going to get them in here. So I've been on that journey of going down the line of the social and uh, therapeutic horticulture. We've been running workshops on that, um, but also to contact Social Farm in Ireland. And given that you did wake up to, you know, what was going on in the world now quite a few years ago and now and where does permaculture journey bring you to? in the world at the moment and and the kind of awakening perhaps a little beyond the borders of a few people looking at permaculture looking at these interwoven interconnected systems to try to regenerate land people community all of these things together what are your own thoughts about your place in that people are waking up and maybe having that same moment where you pulled in in the car and just feeling powerless and very upset you know mm-hmm. do they just stop saying well it's too late we'll just get on about our lives or do they not believe it and say no that's exaggerated like where does where do you find yeah. yourself within that world this year we know enough it's 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 hit the headlines it's everywhere um and i think a lot of people are feeling the same they've had those moments They've, you know, they've seen the devastation that has occurred and the, the loss, the, the, the biodiversity loss and the wildlife and everything. We're all there. We're all there. I think two years ago when I, when I was finding the people in permaculture and community gardens, we were all having these conversations. Um, and then now this year, it's, it's really woke, it's woken up to the, hopefully the rest of the world. Uh, you know, and I think our, my place is still on that journey of, 
we are a place that grows food and we are a place that looks after our works with nature rather than against it. By me being at home working at that project and doing that and opening my doors to allow the person down the road to come in to see how they would do it, to allow the person that lives in the city to come and see how it's done or how they could maybe replicate some small things. Like now we look at our, within our, on our site, we've got not just grown food, but we're harvesting our water, our rainwater, we're, we're reusing our water and, and looking after the waste, um, you know, our energy, everything. And that's the, the, the best thing about the permaculture, the natural building and gone beyond gardening. Mm. I remember when I did do my PDC, it was all about how to skill up. And I thought, oh my God, I have to learn how to do all these things. But now, you know, my husband's involved as well. Once we started talking about building, his eyes, you know, lit up the native woodland, all these kind of things. So we've, you talk about the head, heart and hands. Us as a family now, have been able to completely wrap permaculture around up. And it's it's amazing how it's all happened. Where I see myself going, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm asking a lot of questions. Obviously, starting up a business can be a bit scary because a lot of people in the real world, as I say, say, well, what's your turnover? And where's your, what's your financial plan? And I go, oh, I, I don't know. I kind of look at environmental and social gain other than financial gain. I think that the other part will look after itself. I really do. So it's where we go in the future. It's all about just building community still. Remember now, instead of me going out to reach out to community all over my county, I have to build the community right on my doorstep. That's fantastic to hear about and to hear your journey to arriving there. Bring this to a close with the wishes and hope that you continue. You know, you've definitely been skilling up with all of the new parts, the dealing with your waste systems and reed beds and, and things you've told me about at other times and bring those pieces to your community. It's been really nice to hear about how it really is the head, heart and hands that the the care element that comes under the umbrella of the earth care, people care and fair shares with your CSA and have incorporated all of these things mm-hmm. into your who you are now yeah yeah thank you thank you it's been a great journey and it's it's only the beginning (laughs) Mm -hmm. 